yeah. Hello once again, everybody. Welcome to Rose Knows. Yes, Rose Knows, the weekly podcast where we spend an hour figuring out exactly what we don't know. I'm Josh Rose. And I'm Andy Rose. And hello. We are the Rose Bros. We are. Welcome. 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 Uh, Have a seat. (laughs) Sit down by the Yule Log. Sit down right there. Stop. Stop. Yeah, wherever you are right now. Yeah. Just to back up one <laughs> yeah, half. Yeah. No, no, no. A little forward. You, you went you went too far. Yeah, to the left. Yeah. No, you're gonna hit okay. Right there. You know what? Right there. That's Sit. good. Sit. Good. Good. Great. All right. Hope you all had a wonderful holiday, whatever ones you celebrate. And uh, you know, that's uh season's greetings. Uh, we're closing in on the new year. We are. Yeah, we're doing a thing. We are. We're doing. We're doing. Oh. I don't know which thing you're talking about. Well, we're doing a. a we've done a, a show together uh, for New Year's with uh, with a great group of people for for many years in a row now. And this is true. This is the first time that that's not happening. Yeah. So a lot of those people are are coming here. Yeah, I I didn't know what the. I'm I'm glad we're doing a thing here because yeah. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do for New Year's. Who knows? Maybe that's a thing. Because that was, you know, maybe we do something. having that thing to go to made me feel like I kind of maybe had a social life. Yeah, maybe we uh, we do an episode from New Year's uh, under the guise of, uh, you know, shaming a lot of our friends into sounding stupid on air. That it, sure, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe Who knows? not. Who knows? Sounds like a lot of work. It does. It does sound like a lot of work. It'd be more fun to just play VR and make music and and get drunk and eat food yeah yeah maybe we won't do anything we'll find out we'll find out well you know what else we can find check out? check back next week <laughs> to see how we did and and see how we're kicking off 2019 mm. so God, that went by fast it did dude it 2018 went by fast yeah yeah and what a garbage year by the way well another in one. context i mean a lot of good things happened and <laughs> you got married i did so I did. Then, okay. Well, in that, yeah. No, I meant for like for for most of the world, like yeah, you know, news wise and everything like that. Yeah, you're talking bigger kind of picture. A, yeah, shit, yeah. Shit kind year. of a kind of a uh, bummer. I actually had a, level, I had a pretty good year. Yeah, on the personal note. Yeah, jo- just, Josh did good. 2018. I yeah. just didn't want to like yeah, I would the world's nose in it because we know the world is listening. <laughs> I would say uh, your your homeboy uh, over yonder didn't do so bad either. This I would. Past yeah, year. I would say you also. They yeah. had a pretty good year, so cheers. <laughs> <laughs> we can get into all the the, the New Year's resolutions. But uh, everyone wants to hear a podcast by two white guys, successful about white guys. How great it's going. <laughs> Welcome to Rose Nose, where we found out that we are two <laughs> successful white guys. Thanks for listening. Oh, we could just cut it there. Really short episode this week. I don't want to. Sound... <laughs> successful is you know it's all relative, people. Yeah, that's true. But you know, if uh, if you're happy with yourself and wherever you are, you know that's a success. So you have to find kind of the the silver lining, and I think that's why we've both been successful. Is you know we define success by our own terms, not other people's. So so what might be successful for us is not necessarily everyone else's interpretation uh, of success. But we're both doing the things we want to do, 
and we're making livings and careers off of them. And we, we both have really rewarding, productive, both work professional lives that we consider professional. And we have really rewarding personal <laughs> lives that we consider personal. And, uh, you know, they're <laughs> whatever that means. Yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I would say, you know, that's one of the that's one of the, the things people maybe could learn from this show is, uh, you know, if you have the right outlook on things, then, you know, you can be successful. However, you know, whatever state you're finding yourself in. Yeah. Right. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. Really... I, I've been happy in much worse, much worse circumstances yeah. than I'm in now. But I mean, dude, you and I were living in, in New York with three dudes in a studio apartment. Oh, yeah. In New York. I oh, mean, yeah. There was three of us. Yeah. I mean, and we still were having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. We were younger. No, not ideal. No. Yeah. We're probably no, a little ideal. more prima donna and set in our, our comfortable ways now. Yeah. Hard I mean, to get a date. Yeah. When that's the. Yeah. And that's how you live. But hey, you know, we, we've come a long way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you, uh-huh. do you get down with the whole, uh, new year's resolution things? Are, are you big on? No, not no. really. Um, but you know, I, I'm also, I, I, I consider myself a person pretty focused on growth Yeah. in general. Like I pretty actively pursue, you know, yeah, growth. I, I try to find opportunities to improve myself. Yeah. You're always getting time. into to different things and kind of expanding your your interests and kind of your your approach and outlook on things. You're open. Yeah, well, I'm also trying to find find things that I have that you know habits I have that suck and eliminate them or correct them or you know <laughs> Aren't things I do that annoy people that are close to me and try to work on that or things I do that could be you know do, do opportunities people... to make healthier choices both for myself or for my mind or you know all of that i'm going to cling on to one thing you said there out of all of those things go for it do people actually tell you things that you do that bother them sure, some people which people <laughs> um well friends really you yeah. have friends who are bold enough to say hey this is the thing you do oh I yeah don't like it I mean, if it's something that, yeah, if it's something that is causing an issue, yeah. Good, good on those friends. Yeah, absolutely. Good on those friends. That's what I say. I also like to think I'm approachable about that. Like, I'm not the type of person who's going to blow up. I'm going to probably feel bad and apologize and empathize. Yeah. And, yeah. That, there's a, I feel like there's, as much as there's a lot of shit reality, faux reality, heavily produced reality shows out there, I always found that show, What Would You Do?, very interesting. I don't know if you remember that one. It's where they would put... I only remember the title. They would put people as actors in public in, like, restaurants and, you know, like, you know, spaces where other people were, and they would put two actors kind of in a confrontation where somebody was clearly being racist, homophobic, misogynist, whatever, to someone else, and they would see how bystanders would react and what it would take them Hmm. to actually speak up and say something. And it was very rare that you would have someone really stand up for someone else who was clearly being wronged in public because a lot of people have that that sense of distance. And I always found it fascinating. The people that surprised you the most were the people that they would actually, you know, assert and stand up for someone else. And it was usually never the person you would think it was going to be. You know, it was very interesting. Hmm. Really interesting show. It's like John Quinones or somebody was the host. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, he he's a TV presenter. That's a thing you can be. There's people who IMDb page is that they're a television presenter. Like Ryan Seacrest has his radio and talk show, but imagine if all he did was like be the guy on American Idol who's like, I'm not a judge and I'm not a performer, singer, contestant. I'm the guy relaying between them. 
presenter. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you get that job. Uh, it's a, like a Carson Daly, you yeah. know, Total yeah. Request Live sort of job. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, to answer your question, I don't really do New Year's resolutions. Clearly. <laughs> do you do New Year's resolutions? Not really. Why is that? Uh, I don't know. Probably something similar. You know, I, I'm more an incremental change type of person. I don't I don't look at a certain day of the year. It's always good to have a reason to kick off. Like they say, it's better to start a diet on a Monday. You know, those types of things. But those are all just psychological. If you are looking to make a change, there shouldn't be any one thing that is going to influence you the most, you know, that you're waiting for to, to motivate you to make a change. You should make a change in- immediately as soon yeah, as you can. Absolutely. If you feel like you, you really want to stop eating the fast food, drop the fry right now. Drop it. Drop it. Stop it. Drop it. Stop it. Drop it. Sit. Stop. Are you still sitting, by the way? Yeah, you can get up. I'm so sorry about that. That was really good. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm nicer than you. <laughs> Well, if you want, uh, we can also get into a little bit about what's new. All right, let's do it. What's new? Okay. What is new? Uh, what's new? Or what? what's new now that will be less new when this airs? I think, I think some of the things that we try to find are a little bit evergreen in a sense. You know, sometimes we, we make poor decisions like with the data map, uh, trying to visualize that for, I don't know if that was last week or the week before. I still thought, I still thought that was interesting. It was interesting. But it, it's you hard know, the results the were predictable medium. and yeah, yeah, I guess um, that dragged on a little bit. We are going to go back and self critique. I'm also going to try to say, um, less everybody. Hey, good for you. Incremental improvement. I apologize for the first two episodes. Yeah. Go for it. Stop apologizing. No, All no, right. I'm not going to. Well, I, I guess I'm done now. Now that I said it now, now, Okay, what's new? How WhatsApp fuels violence in India. How do they do that? Do you want to get into it? Um, maybe. Okay, in India, WhatsApp is a major channel for false reporting and hate speech that sometimes fuels mob violence and gruesome murders. Okay, well, hang on. WhatsApp, as I understand it, is you know, basically a Wi-Fi text messaging phone call correct service. it's a messaging service yeah so how are, are people just sending shitty messages to each other i mean what's the well people are using how it, is it where they can post in public channels there's public channels on whatsapp yeah it, it's oh, sort of it's that. sort of like chat rooms and individual messaging baked into one app Oh, I didn't know there were I didn't know yeah, there were so you, chat rooms on WhatsApp. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that was so a you thing. You can do like group chat rooms and stuff so people can kind of spread hateful vitriolic speech into these specific groups and and get people riled up uh and then they can try to direct a mob of people in their city to go to this corner and beat the shit out of this guy and they do. But couldn't they do that with any service? They could, but the thing is, you know, th- there's only certain services that are embraced. This is in India, mind you. So there's only certain technology stacks and certain software providers that are widely embraced by a lot of people. And some of them have really shit phones. And, and WhatsApp is kind of the dominant. It's sort of like the the, the Facebook from a messaging standpoint. Yeah, but you they know? also have access to Facebook and uh, they They and don't really. Stuff. Well, if you have access to the Internet, then well, you have it. They do, but there's, there's just certain ones that are more popular in certain regions. It's like there's football sure. is more popular in America and soccer is popular in other countries and hockey. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah, okay. it's just sort of by region. They're into WhatsApp for whatever reason it's it's less about the pictures and more about the texting probably because the data to download a whole picture costs more for them so they probably just try to do all text-based conversation so they're keeping data costs down okay so i guess at what 
I guess how does that turn into violence in India being WhatsApp's fault? Because police are saying they can't track the encrypted messages because WhatsApp has encryption baked in. Yeah. And, and these people basically are having the best of both worlds. They have a platform for sp- spreading hate speech and inciting violence and they have the security and encryption of being able to do it somewhat anonymously and police are saying hey we can't get in here and find out the actual culprits and the government is saying hey whatsapp this needs to change and whatsapp is is basically being very resistant to giving any sort of backdoor or key you know Mm. to to encrypted you know messaging which is part of like the fundamental offering of of their platform yeah i gotta side with freedom of speech on this one yeah and it's tough so so it's like anyone who's okay with the ability to spread the hate speech is saying hey i'm only okay with that because i don't want the government kicking in the door on everyone's privacy i don't want them kicking in the door on anyone's privacy if it's been guaranteed it's just it's a breach of contract you know free speech is free speech and yeah that means there's going to be people that say shitty things um, those people suck. I mean, it happens. Still it's happening in our speech. country now. They still have the, know? they still have the right to say it. They also have the right to enjoy any and all consequences that come back at them for saying it. But they have the right to the the free speech. Yeah, I mean, everyone's everyone's entitled to say what they want, no matter how stupid it is. You know. I also think that uh, you know, there's some personal responsibility on anyone who li- follows the instructions that an asshole like that would post on a service. Like, you know, if I read a, if I read someone's Facebook post or Twitter post, not that I look at Twitter or what have you. Um, Meanwhile, tweet at us. Yeah. <laughs> Rose Nose Pod. We use Twitter as a podcast. <laughs> I don't use Twitter as a person. It is funny. They say Twitter is the, the first of the social giants that's going to start falling again after like a la MySpace. Yeah, I, I've, I've never been a fan of Twitter. I don't, but we've talked about that already. We have. Um, Sorry, didn't mean to side. Oh, damn it. Plugging. Oh, I lost plugging. my I lost the track. I lost the track, man. <laughs> oh, it was, I had it. No, I'm like, sorry. If I, if I read a post somewhere that someone else had put up saying, you know, go to this place and start a riot or be violent or et cetera, et cetera. I wouldn't fucking do it. No, you know, no, I wouldn't fucking do it. And if I did, you're one, and of... I got arrested, then I absolutely should go to jail. I should be incarcerated, and, and I'm the asshole yeah. for doing that as well. You're so, one of many, 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 many people who would not do that. Yeah, I would think, but there are still most people, idiots, and some people, not most, but some that do, and they go, you know what? This is a call. This is a call to arms. Well, Gavin just... McGinnis, Proud Boys. You you've heard of them. Proud Boys are the white nationalist Aryan uh, sort of young movement in oh, America God. led by this Neanderthalic fool named Gavin McGinnis who'd been kicked off of every social media platform except for, I believe, um, I believe YouTube. And now he just got kicked off of YouTube as well. It's either YouTube or Twitter, but I'm pretty sure it's YouTube. See, See, that's kind of messed up, though. Like, yeah, that guy sucks. But their so terms does, of service so clearly say Alex Jones. You can't Alex use, Jones sucks. But these social media platforms are smart. They're saying, hey, you have to agree to terms of service when you sign up for an account. And part of the terms of service include no hate speech, no, like, whatever they want. They're saying it's our platform. If you want to play in our sandbox, we built it. Yeah, we maintain true. it. You can't litter here. If you fucking litter here, you're out. 
That's fair. You're gone. You okay. don't get. That's a you fair, don't get that's to a be fair in point. Here. That's a fair point. And I think I think that's the way it should be. You know, as somebody who's who knows what it takes to design, build, maintain, and 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 keep current some sort of large web based you know system. Uh, that's a ton of work. You know, and if somebody's kind of come in there and make your work somehow public enemy number one, you want to say no way. Get out of here. This is a nice thing over here. You don't get to touch the nice thing. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. It's a good point. No nice things for you. I'm like the soft soup Nazi. No. <laughs> and I'll turn a cold shoulder. I think not. I think not for you. Anyhow, I think uh, what's new, you know, that's uh, how WhatsApp, you can see how it's fueling fake news and violence, you know? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really think they are. I think I think people are, and I think conditions that are making people angry enough to do that are and uh yeah i don't really think that's whatsapp's fault if whatsapp goes away all those same people are just going to go to another medium uh well let's talk about what's new something very related see if you want to get into this one how facebook schemed against its users you want a little more just the location tracking thing. An internal email from 2015 documents something that's actually pretty disturbing. A scheme by Facebook to make a data grab less noticeable to users. Go on. Okay. So basically, they're saying that Facebook basically had started out, you know, kind of preaching this whole we take privacy seriously and we want to make sure people have a safe experience. That's kind of like the through line you know, that they were that they were promoting about their security features for a while. Yeah. And Facebook started to update some of their their services, like mm. the, the chat based services. You remember when all of a sudden Facebook took Messenger out of Facebook app and put it into its own separate Oh yeah. App. Oh yeah. Well when you signed up for that, you had to start s- approving some of the, the usage capabilities in the app so it'll say hey mm-hmm. I'll always allow location services yes no mm-hmm. you know and they started writing these kind of new sequences of messages into uh you know some of their their software updates and they were making it easier and easier for them to basically get more and more data from your phone but they were being sort of sneaky in the way they were writing this is all an exercise in user experience, right? They were basically writing these dialogue boxes and, and terms and condition updates in ways that were, were sort of misleading and confusing, right? So here's one, for example. Do you want to install an update to this existing application? Your existing data will not be lost. The updated application will get access to, and the one button says new, and the other button says all. Yeah, okay, well, that's obviously not in English. Right. It, it's intentionally misleading. Well, it doesn't lead anywhere. It doesn't mean anything. Right. Well, if you click new, it'll basically start you with ground zero where you have to add all your contacts one by one. If you hit all, it gets access to all of your contacts. So which do you think people would rather select from new or all? Yeah, sure, all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if those are your only two options, did you really have a choice? Yeah, okay. I mean, I guess none of this... It's dark UX. The thing is, none of this comes as a surprise to me because, uh, I'll tell you why, 
and I feel like everyone else should have noticed this if you haven't by now. Just take a look at him and listen to him speak. Mark Zuckerberg has the least trustworthy <laughs> face and voice and manner of conducting himself of any human. Like, he is less You're likable. pretending he's human. Yeah, he's, he's he almost He may actually like, be the first real android. Yeah, it's or like he was grown in a test tube or something. He's I don't know. He's got super scaly skin. He is just, it's almost like he's constantly stifling back a chuckle. Yeah, yeah. There's something about his manner of conducting himself. Like he's he's definitely smarter than you and he knows a thing you don't. And his mouth is always like kind of tight and like held back a little bit. Yeah, sort of like a Dana Carvey character. Yeah, it's really, uh, so, yeah, he's just a designed villain he really is i mean jesse eisenberg was basically playing him not only in the facebook movie but he was playing him in the superman movie when he was playing lex luther he was basically just playing mark zuckerberg again yeah he just loved the role so he did it twice i don't think i saw the movie you're referencing but the, the... facebook movie no i saw that one i didn't see the superman, the superman movie uh he was lex luthor I know who a Lex young Luther Lex Luthor, yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't see the Superman yeah, movie. He was playing it like another weird Mark Zuckerberg. Like, basically, if Mark Zuckerberg had, like, snorted a rail. <laughs> well. Yeah, no, I, I uh, um, yeah, of course, Zuckerberg and his company are, you know, trying to take over the world and take all your information and just own everything about you. Of course they are. Of course they are. You know how you, you know how I know? Look at him. You know how you should have known? Look at him. Like here's here's another example of one of the messages they they updated with and gave you the options to pick, right? Yeah. Josh, Facebook is better with friends. See who's on Facebook by continuously uploading your address book and your call and text history. Then choose who you want to add as friends. Turn on or skip. <laughs> Now, see, that sounds like an answer Zuckerberg would give, like, quote, unquote, (laughs) in like a congressional hearing. Someone were like, how is this not a terrible breach of people's privacy? And then his answer would be exactly. Well, see who's on Facebook by continuously uploading your address book and your call and text history. Then choose who you want to add as friends. (laughs) Turn on or skip. Facebook is better with friends. Info about your content. So here, and that was just like the actual upfront copy and dialogue options. Then below that is like some some legalese that says, <laughs> "This is a long one." Info about your contacts and your address book, including names, phone numbers, and nicknames, and your call and text history, will be sent to Facebook to help you and others find friends faster and to help us provide a better service. You can turn this off in settings and manage or delete contact information you share with Facebook. Learn more. Yeah. Everything is ours forever and always. Thank you. And people, of course, just hit whichever one was easier and fastest to get them back into the app. They had built candy, rock candy, that everyone was now jonesing for. And when they pushed these updates out, people were just like, sure, sure, sure. Okay, fine. Well, I'll tell you what people did. That doesn't mean anything, much like any time, much like anything Zuckerberg says when he answers a question. Um so they clicked whichever button was highlighted to obviously be the yes, go ahead, move right. forward, get this process over with button. So yeah, I can get back you're to right. I didn't even life. mention that there was some button. definitely some strong color decisions in these dialogue modals to make sure you were picking the one. Yeah, that was, yeah. because even 
no one understands what the question is being posed and neither of the answers that's at the end of those make any sense like just look you don't even, you can't don't even need to read the copy from across the room oh yeah it's a big blue button or tiny little letters that's underneath it's not even like a button so it's obviously like yes go ahead install an update or no Which i want is, to make something not work right yeah. like that that's the general like this joke started you know in pop culture really with that south park episode right about the itunes terms of service yeah and how you know nobody actually reads it but they make you click yes twice so yeah. you're, you're saying no i definitely did but no one does yeah you know and now it's turned into all the softwares we use and people don't realize a lot of the things they rely on now are subscription softwares software as a service SaaS. You know, people aren't really fully aware of how much of their life is reliant upon SaaS. Yeah. And it's an interesting business model. It's why a lot of businesses and companies in Fortune 500s are trying to pivot and redefine themselves as technology companies. Because they understand that whatever the product or commodity they have is, there's going to be a way to commoditize it through a software subscription-based service. Even if it's still a physical product, you can be on the hook to pay for it every month. Or at whatever interval. Mm. So, like, if you think Quicken Loans, I mean, they're they're a loan company, but Quicken Loans did Rocket Mortgage, right? And and so Quicken Loans actually defines itself as a technology company. But uh, aren't they a loan provider? That's probably for tax shelter purposes of or something. Course, or they're yeah. gonna have two companies for the. Yeah. So it's uh you know it's a it's an interesting that's a whole kinda, that's a whole other ball of nonsense. It is, but it, it on but there. it's something that uh, I always find really fascinating. I could always kind of you know nitpick and and consider that. But consider this: what's new? Double trouble. Digital doubles are revolutionizing Hollywood. But why do movie stars hate them? Digital doubles. Yeah. Who? who what? publication is this article in vulture okay so it, i mean it's it's reliable digital doubles yeah what's a digital double so you haven't heard of digital I'm doubles ar- I already, no i already so think a digital is double is essentially a, the practice of scanning an actor 360 with camera arrays yep to then be able to basically create a 3d model of them and yep. then do whatever they want with them they can like you know make them make whatever facial expression they want you know, they can basically do a whole new scene without the actor anymore. Now they have the actor's likeness. They don't need the actor. No, I get why actors hate it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> fair, right? Pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah. You're sort of being robbed of of your your essence to to allow for artificial recreations of, of kind of lesser than what you would have ever actually performed yourself. Yeah, for so the same reason I hate, you know, a rock album with programmed drums on it. Yeah, it loses the authenticity. If it if the drums were really just a dude plunking on a keyboard, that's not as cool as Dave Grohl destroying a drum set. Absolutely. For Tenacious D or, or Nirvana or whoever the hell he's playing for at the time. Yeah. Them vultures. Them crooked vultures. Yeah. From Vulture. See, look at that all tied together. Boom. So uh, I did that on purpose. Any any thoughts on that, or, or basically top lining it with, uh, yeah, I get why they hate them. Yeah, I, I totally get why they hate them. All right, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Moving on. What's new? How about? Okay, you might you might like this one. Who knows? Uh, the infomercial game. The schemes of the past forty years that have a lot to do with the dark patterns we find, like we were just talking about in UX. But this is 
pertaining to infomercials, kind of like the original dark, dark UX pattern. Okay. Is that interesting? Yeah. All right. So, um, well, you you know Apple. We all know Apple, right? And Apple's probably... What's Apple? <laughs> the fruit stand, man. I, I'm aware of the fruit. You know, the Apple provides the app store, right? Okay. And um, Apple provides that. You know, but what's interesting is that we're in this world where today, like, everything that we're being told is protect your data, protect your privacy. You know, with that. But the reality is if you're using the Internet, yeah, if you're using the app store, that basically completely defeats that that whole notion of of keeping your your data and information private. You've already shared your most precious stuff, your credit card, your social security sometimes. Yeah. um, And you're getting apps served to you that you paid for and you're still getting ads, you know, served up to you. So. You know, it's it's just interesting, you know, when you consider the the dark UX of today and, and kind of how some of that could have been informed from from really like the original infomercials. I love how worried people get about like protecting their data. Your data so isn't protected. Well, we and talked that, about this before, right? Yeah. You said you'd give up probably uh, your some decent data. Like when we we're talking about the Amazon thing, uh, maybe even on the first episode, uh, you were saying, "Hey, like I'll give up some some information for for some ease, some value exchange if it's something coming back to me." Yeah, but it's also like you already have so many times and you don't more than people think about. And that also doesn't really matter. I, you know, I know that my credit card information is stored within all these companies and that those are servers and save files that really, you know, there are a handful at least of employees that work at each of those companies that have access to that information that could go look at it for nefarious purposes or people that could hack into it and look at it and who easily have. Uh, there's some studies say that, you know, a huge majority of people who have done any online banking or shopping have already had their credit card number stolen. But, you know, in spite of how successful we were <laughs> saying we were at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> I don't have a shit ton of money for anyone to steal. And my credit is also, you know, hey, I've got my needs itself. met, but it doesn't exactly it's not all that fucking stealable. So, you, you know, it, um, and so it's the same reason you only uh, borrowing from Adam ruins everything now. It's the same reason you only have a shitty padlock on your shed because there's nothing really all that valuable in there compared to what's really out there for thieves that are going to break through a bunch of security protocols. That's fair. Yeah. Well, I tried to get through that one as a, as, as effectively as possible. As, I, I thought you were effective. Yeah. Efficiently as possible. And that's efficient. the more, that's the EFF word that I was looking for. That's the F. Effervefent. That's the F. F. I'm making an effort. Damn it. Hey, good for you. No, um's the word. Do you know when the uh, the original first infomercial kind of came out? Do you have a guess? Oh, man. Well, the TV really started in, what, the 40s, 50s? 50, did it really take off in the 50s? Um, so I guess I would put it around there. You you are pretty close, my friend. Yeah? Yeah. When is it? Uh, 1949. Bam. Yeah. Yeah, good call. Uh, so, so that was kind of the year of the first, like, really remembered infomercial, which was actually for, of all things, do you want to take a crack at this or no? 1949, early, I mean, <laughs> cigarettes? I mean, what is it? <laughs> infomercial about cigarettes. It totally could be. More filter means more fun. <laughs> uh, no, it was a Vitamix blender. Oh, God. Yeah, the commercial... Uh, 
uh, was featuring this guy, William G. Barnard. And uh, it was interesting because I guess he he was like a, a real pitch man and he was trying to sell the world on healthy eating. Right. And the infomercial, uh, you know, it wasn't calling it itself an infomercial at the time. Right. But it was basically a specific format that was really explicitly laid out uh, for the purposes of, of trying to pitch these these vitamin blenders in a different, unique way. I.e. posing as a show, showing you how to make all these healthy, healthy drinks yeah. and saying, you know, look, by the way, this blender really helps. Look at all the stuff you can do with this blender. Right. We're essentially saying this is infotainment. Right. We basically have information here. And, I don't think uh, that's the same as infotainment. Well, no, I mean, but that's what that's what they're trying to say. You know, I'm not, I'm a, not sticking an, up for infotainment. It's by a, the way. it's an in, that's what they were trying to probably more couch it as than than an infomercial. But but that's what it really was. Just nobody was calling it that. OK. Uh, at the time, you know, so um, th- what's interesting, though, is that, well, you know, that guy wasn't known as necessarily a huckster. Um, there have been several kind of several famous infomercial talents like pitchmen who were swindlers and who basically robbed people of their money by selling them the, you know, phony or less than stuff. Um, like, do you, well, a lot of them are trying to tell, sell you timeshares or, well, do you remember the guy, Kevin Trudeau? He sold a, a whole bunch of stuff. Like he, he sold, um, you know, which guy was he, uh, he, he was, uh, the free money guy. He had a book called Free Money. It originally was uh, twenty nine ninety five, and then marked down to nineteen ninety five, and then only three easy payments with a five hundred dollar money back guarantee after thirty days. Uh, you know, he was the same guy who did a lot of the speed reading stuff. Okay. He sold a lot of the speed okay. reading books. Um, so Kevin Trudeau, I remember the speed reading infomercials. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, man. Every time I saw that, you I wanted to do that. Yeah, I because be able to do that because he hooked you. That would unlock all the knowledge, man. I could learn everything so fast. I could know everything in like a week he, if I could read like that. So he hooked you, and those were one. That was one of many infomercials that he ended up getting a 10 year federal prison sentence for. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, he was kind of the I mean, definition. It looks of, too good to be true. It was. That's the thing. And people bought it hook, line, and sinker, and he made a ton of money. So Anybody Kevin- can learn to do this in no time. <laughs> it Literally, it took me 20 minutes. I, yesterday, I could not read at all. Now I'm the best reader in the entire universe. And it's all thanks to this man right here and his amazing 90-minute course I didn't even have to work. I watched TV while it happened. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, you know, he's not the only one, ironically. So there used to be a male enhancement uh, herbal supplement pill uh, called Enzite. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Well, of course. Yeah, so Enzite was created by this guy, Steve Warshak. and, uh, And ultimately, this guy went to... Uh, was sentenced to 25 years in prison after it became clear that the company used deceptive practices to uh, auto ship the pills to consumers. So they Whoa. they were getting yeah essentially like charged and shipped. Oh right away. Oh, oh okay okay yeah, yeah. So those like subscription things where you like get automatically signed up for yeah. right oh, okay without like proper clear notice. But did the did they actually work? Did the pills actually work? No, I mean they were just herbal supplements. Oh, okay. You know, it was a, it was all a con. Got it. Yeah. Um, and you probably so have heard of you've probably heard of the famous Don Laprie. Uh, he was an infomercial pitch man. Um, 
you know, that that even SNL sort of parodied, parodied him. Um, but, you know, he did a, a Cash Connections infomercial in, uh, back in the day. And, and he was also sentenced uh, to prison as well. So he was sentenced to... Uh, uh, oh, no, no, I, I'm sorry. He died in custody while awaiting trial, but they thought he was going to be sentenced to, uh, to up to 25 years in prison because he'd, he defrauded over 200,000 people by $52 million. Wow. So they thought, yeah, he was going to spend a long time in prison and he was in custody. Uh, so technically he was in jail, but like he was awaiting trial. I mean, I don't know. You ever, you, you've seen these commercials. Oh yeah. Like the get right? rich like, quick stuff. Yeah. We've all seen these commercials. I'm sorry. It's a crime to let a fool keep his money. If you're dumb <laughs> enough to buy whatever the fuck they're selling in that thing, then you deserve to get got. Like, I don't feel bad. Yeah. For you. But to what end? You're not, you're not a to victim. To what end? Like, where's the line? What's okay and acceptable? You know, when we're, when Facebook and Google are sort of hoodwinking people into sharing their data and information, is that okay? Or is it not? Look, they're already taking bullies out of schools. All right. They're already, everything's getting padded and calmed down. We need something to, keep evolution going at the very least survival of the fittest so swindling uh schmucks is is okay by you i look if you're falling for infomercials then it's on you i'm not saying these guys shouldn't go to jail they're still criminals but i mean again these aren't victims i really feel bad for it's not like they snuck in in the middle of the night and stole their checkbooks and wrote themselves checks it's again get rich a book called free money yeah, if I mean, you bought a book called Free Money, then why are you buying the book? I, you're just—if you really think that's the answer to your problems, and you're surprised that it doesn't work, who's the idiot here? <laughs> Whoever got got. Yeah, I, I just—I I, don't—I don't really see them as victims. You know, uh, you remember Miss Cleo. Also, by the way, she was a no one fraud. no one goes for those things that isn't well Miss Cleo was totally a fraud, but again, if you if you believe in fortune tellers then again, you know, who's really the All right, I don't want to criticize too many people at once and get us <laughs> nothing but hate responses, but yeah, that's all nonsense as well. But yeah, anyone who goes for the get rich quick stuff, those infomercials and gets pissed when they're scams, by the way, also that's just people everyone's looking for the lazy way out. Yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah, but there, there again, this goes back to dark patterns, right? This isn't just about swindling schmucks. It's about it's about you know sneaky stuff and sneaky practices, which I am not cool with. I draw a line at being sneaky. Do you remember Columbia House? They would send you albums that you didn't want after you agreed to twelve CDs for a penny. Do you remember that? They they would give you twelve CDs for a penny on the condition that you bought at least this many more within the next year from their catalog. Right. They and then after that, they were allowed to either bill you or send you stuff and charge you for it to fulfill the contract. That was the arrangement that was on the card. And this is, this was called negative option marketing and they, they Columbia house uh, had to deal with a whole lot of legal headaches over that, you know, and, 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 you know, even stuff like my pillow have gotten dinged by the federal trade commission for making false claims. I don't think Columbia, look, I did the Columbia House thing when I was like 14. I did too, man. Okay. Now, first of all, I understood exactly what the deal was because even at 14, I could read and I read it and it was pretty simple to understand. It was pretty transparent, wasn't it? Like what was really sneaky? Like 
here's the, yes, send me these 12 CDs for a penny and I promise to buy this many more at full price within the following year. Like what isn't clear about, what's the scam? It's not, it's not a scam. It, I mean, some are more scams. Some are more scams than others, right? But, but again, the whole idea of the negative option marketing is basically saying I'm giving you something that's too good to be true right now, and I'm, I'm, you know, hooking your your better impulses and your better judgment, and and kind of putting you on the hook for something that you feel like is free now, only to come back and recoup dollars from you later uh, again, at a time not of your choosing. The only way that you think you're getting actually getting something for free is if you don't read or think. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying I'm not saying right or wrong, but some, I'm, like, I'm saying I got it. I understood exactly what that deal was. I was 14, yeah, so well, not, I totally got the 12 CDs and then never bought any again. Not everyone was as smart as 14 year old Josh Rose. I think I did that a few, a handful of times actually. Yeah, as a I teenager. remember because then I, I did was one under too. 18. Yeah, and what are they going to do? You know, got a lot of CDs that way. Well. Pretty good deal, you know. We we could go deep down the rabbit hole on that one. Uh, I also think there's something else interesting here, um, totally separate. So if you want to move on to what else is new, um, oh fine, fine. I know. Uh, but long story short, those infomercials they are pretty. They're pretty. Oh, they're totally grimy. Pretty grimy. Yeah. No, they're they're classless and they're awful and they're you know they're selling you snake oil. I'm just saying, don't be stupid enough to buy snake oil. You should fucking know better. And if the snake oil salesman comes to town and you buy something off the back of his stupid cart, yeah. that's on you. Yeah. Don't that's... buy snake oil, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't feel like this should be this hard to, you know, I don't know. Well, uh, what, what the fuck do I know? Uh, well, we're finding out episode <laughs> Nothing. by episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Nada. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking about, you know, uh, you know, everyone's definition of success um, you know, is, is, is different, but when it comes to actual paychecks, um, something that I thought you would definitely have a take on is, um, here's a question for you. Who's more likely to be audited a person making $20,000 a year or a person making $400,000 a year? Hmm. Well, you know, I would guess the person making four hundred thousand, but you're probably going to say it's twenty. Huh? Yeah, you're wrong. So if you claim the earned income tax credit, whose average recipient makes less than twenty thousand dollars a year, you're more likely to face IRS scrutiny than someone making twenty times as much. Hmm. So essentially, a benefit that was supposed to be for the working poor is is now sort of turned against them. Interesting. Yeah. So so you know, there's there's this woman that you know, found out that sort of claiming that credit, you know, ended up sort of kicking off this grueling, slow, mo slow moving review, you know, an audit that she's under from the IRS. Is that causation or correlation? Like is someone looking at statistics or is like, is this a verified no, this systemic is, no, part of the process? This is a systemic thing. So, so, you know, essentially the IRS, you know, informed this woman that she was being audited and she had to provide supporting documentations uh, for for some of the ways she she'd claimed things uh, on her taxes. So. So essentially, you know, it, it, this woman was not making much right if, if we're setting up the, the stage here, this woman and her husband together, who was like a short order cook, earned around thirty three thousand dollars a year. 
Yikes. Yeah. So she was taking classes towards a bachelor degree. Her husband was working as a cook. Like, you know, so she was a student and he was, you know, a, sh- a short order chef. So, so it wasn't, okay. wasn't a great situation. And about two grand of, of their refund would actually be coming from an earned uh, income tax credit. So it's. What it's, state are they in? Does it say? Uh, I believe they were in California. So I think the earned income tax credit is lower than that. Uh, well, that's, last I knew it was twenty seven thousand. Yeah, she was in Los Angeles, so uh, this was for twenty seventeen. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not an accountant, but well, then this it could, you know, again, if you're playing games, you know, if you claim the earned income tax credit when you make more than the bracket on your gross, when you're showing more income than that, and then claim the credit. Well, no, no, yeah, no you're I'm, kick saying up a red t- flag. I'm saying together they made that, but like they, she still was filing her taxes separately. So she did live outside of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, so, so she claimed that and, and, you know, like the, the earned income tax credit is actually one of the government's largest anti-poverty programs. And that, that sends more than, you know, like $60 billion every year to families like this one. You know, people who have jobs but are struggling to get by. Mm-hmm. You know, so 28 million households claimed the earned income tax credit last year. That's one of the best favors the government ever did. For right. Or, well, originally, that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah. So so she claimed this, and then she never got a refund at all. Instead, she got a letter from the IRS saying, we're conducting a thorough review of your return. So she didn't need to do anything, it said, but she needed to just basically wait by. So then it wasn't until like four months later that she got another letter from the IRS saying she was now being audited and she had 30 days to pull all her supporting documentation together. So as she knew it, she had to basically prove that she and her husband had earned what they said they'd earned and their their child was their child. That was all the stuff like, you know, the IRS was starting to ask about. So she set about rounding up W-2s and paychecks and stubs, bank statements, all that stuff, proving that their four-year-old had lived, you know, there with them. Um you know, and she did her best getting all her medical records to st- and, you know, everything kind of gathered together. And she sent it all off to the IRS. And then the IRS basically sent another letter uh, saying that they would review her response um, six months later. So even though she hurried up and got all this stuff together, they said, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to review all of this six months from now. Mm-hmm. But you still don't get a refund. And if you're and I mean, people, a lot of people. A lot of people depending on that depend on their, in, yeah. their 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 refund. I mean, that yeah. is that people count it almost like a salary. Yeah. You know, like you just you you expect to get it, and when something goes wrong, you know, that's such a huge moment of anxiety for people. Yeah. In their lives, and like that's such a a drop of your heart into your gut. You know, and I can't imagine what this what this woman was was going through, thinking now at this point I've spent over a year trying to just get by, mm. and never got that extra income you know, that I was expecting. And for a family like that, that's tough. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough to get by, um, you know, and, and it's tough cause she, you know how she did her taxes. How? Turbo tax. Wow. Yeah. So, she, you know, clearly she couldn't understand why this was happening, you know? And, you know, she would try to call the IRS and why, why was it take six months to review everything, you know, that, that we sent and you know what their answer was as far as why it took six months to review. Why is that? That they were short staffed. That's true. Actually, I've heard the IRS is very, yeah, very short staffed and not very well funded. Budget cuts have actually crippled the IRS. I mean, crippled the IRS. Um, You know, the enforcement staff is basically dropped by a third. 
and you know the number of audits has clearly had to fall across the board you know they still are trying to do as many as they think are are mandated you know because they're still trying to do their job diligently to the best of their ability so even though they have you know they they've lost a third of their staff they're still trying to to keep up with as many audits as they possibly can which means obviously all audits are going to take longer everybody's more taxed and stressed trying to do them and you know it's tough like we probably think of the irs as like the boogeyman in a sense but like those are people too and they're just trying to do their jobs and yeah you know when you we think about you know everything that that goes into stranger than fiction will ferrell yeah it's not it's not such a rosy picture you know um and and it's interesting interesting that for interesty it's interesting uh <laughs> you know that that when audits have fallen you know the impact has actually been different for rich people and poor people as far as who's getting audited as the the number of audits has had to go down you might think maybe it'd be even right yeah it's disproportionate interesting so essentially the wealthy people um the audit rate has basically been cut in half and they tend to be less thorough. Whereas it's a totally different story for anyone who earns or receives the earned income tax credit. Uh, the audit rate has fallen way less, you know, steeply than it has for wealthy people. And the audit has become way more punishing and grueling and kind of drawn out like this. And now kind of because of, of a law that was passed in, in like 2015, the earned income tax credit recipients are, are actually more likely to have that refund withheld. And, and that's, you know, as we were saying, man, like that's something that can be for someone who lives week to week, day to day, month to month. I mean, that that's catastrophic. Yeah. I mean, we've been there. We've definitely. Oh, yeah, been. absolutely. We talking about that, you know, living in that studio apartment. We have earlier, been broke. I mean, as broke as broke as broke can be. Broke. I mean, remember, I had to give up my car essentially because yep. it got towed and we couldn't afford to pay what it cost to, to get the car out of impound. And, and then the charges just, just up mounted up and yeah. mounted up until it's a few thousand dollars. And then that was it. I didn't have any. We had even together between all three of us. We had nowhere close to that. Oh, yeah. You know. We we would been lucky to try to pool together a couple hundred. We were always constantly like just just making it on rent and usually behind by a lot. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh, imagine. You know, if we were counting on some extra money coming in at a time like that, and then finding and out back now, in the day when the cell phone would be off and yeah, then back on, right, and off, right, and back on. And and for some people, you know, that's not back in the day. For some people, that's every day. That's oh, today. Yeah, absolutely. That's tomorrow. Absolutely. You know, and for those of you out there who are listening, you know, we uh, who might be in that situation, we appreciate you. We, you know, we res- we respect you because uh, we know what it's like. We've been there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's going to get better. And, but at you same know, time, hey, it's tough. life is crazy. It's yeah. ups and downs. I could be there again. Yeah, absolutely. Could Either one of us could be brings. there. Right. Uh, well, we're fortunate to be where we are now and as our own defined versions of success, you know. Knock, knock wood and yeah. fingers crossed. and That could all change. All of that stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it's interesting how how steeply the rates have, have been disproportionate as far as the the audits, you know. And, yeah. and, and it's interesting because a lot of times now the IRS computers are actually choosing who gets audited, which is interesting. Hmm. And and you would think generally the more money you make, like the more likely you are to be to be audited, but clearly that's that's just not how it's been working out. You know, the distortion has just become way out of hand. And people at the top are being prioritized and sort of given a free pass because they are so stressed and taxed on, on all these ones that they they're told they have to put a focus on that, you know, they're they're just you know <laughs> 
they're just giving some people uh, an easy an easy out man well I don't know I'm not an accountant but I've heard people who know a lot more about it than me say that the safest tax shelter is still not filing so yeah you know, do, do you didn't hear it here <laughs> <laughs> this isn't being recorded or broadcast for public consumption but uh do with that what you will or don't go forth young man read things on the internet and, and do woman. what thou will what thou wilt wilt so wilt 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 whilst 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 do what thou will um hey hey you want to do something a, a little lighter uh, how about what's new? The 50 worst things on the internet in 2018. Um, okay. Are yeah. these going to be like memes or, I mean, it's, it's, it's Buzzfeed, right? Okay. So the 50 worst All things right, on Buzzfeed, the internet, what kind of bullshit 2018 you got here? Uh, flesh pods. What? Uh, flesh pods. Okay. Uh, the flat earther proof. Flat earther proof. I don't know what that is, but uh, all the flat earthers are welcome to go jump off the edge of it. Yeah, what's your uh, what's your what's your take on the flat earthers? Like, not really. You know, they're wrong. Clearly, they're wrong. But like, yeah, how does someone get to that point? How do you get to the point of being a flat earther? Uh, I mean, you know, conspiracy theories are a fun hobby, right? Yeah, but at what point do you do you realize you're or it's, do you not realize? Well, it's like this. Your brain is like your body. You are what you eat. and That's true. If all you're consuming is a steady diet of nonsense, then you're going to start thinking nonsense. Exactly. It's the same thing. So sorry for everyone that, listening. Well, it's the same thing as people that like only watch one news channel or only listen to, you know, extremists or whatever. You know, it's the same way that people get wrapped up in some of these crazy nationalist ideas or, you yeah. know, maybe people even wind up, you know, veering towards terrorism it's it starts off with reading about one thing or another and then it kind of snowballs and if it becomes an obsession or if it's some kind of escape often that's what it is it's an escape or a distraction from something else in your life is usually a more personal thing and then you know you get your mind gets wrapped up in these other ideas and that could turn into anything um i think that's how these people wind up with that you know, I think they just get they read something that makes them think, oh, that could be true. And yeah, I mean, I think there's there's it's kind of that the same inclination that sends us down the Wikipedia, you know, click hole that you were talking about or the YouTube rabbit hole. Um, you know, when you you get really into a documentary or a certain subject, you just you want to start mining for more and more and yeah. you know, it can always start out as a healthy obsession and at some point that can devolve into a, a really unhealthy obsession and you know, w where the line is is different probably for everyone. Well, it depends on, you know, what you read, what the balance is and what you do with that and where you leave it. Well, it's it's, you know, also nature nurture too, right? Like I mean, if you're brought up in an environment that is, you know, preaching things a certain way from a certain perspective from a certain you know well, like isn't that isn't be, that that kind of imbalanced diet being forced upon you then yeah but you may not realize it yeah exactly so, so uh, it is the same thing it's just whether you're doing it or someone else is. you still spoon feeding shit into your brain it's just who's holding the spoon yeah did i just blow your minds <laughs> is my phone a spoon
Who's holding your spoon? Uh, are you a big spoon or a Think little spoon? Think about this world. Who's holding your brain spoon? Are you holding it? Or is, someone else holding it? Is the man holding it? Is the woe man holding it? Is the internet holding it? Mm. Good chat, internet. Good chat. Man. Uh, that, w- that would have been a really good time for the song to kick back in. I know. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> we have just a couple more minutes left. But we don't edit, fools. No, we don't. We don't edit. So here we still are, awkwardly, maybe out of shit to say. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and predict that this BuzzFeed list blows. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're you're scrolling by it really quick, and it's just and it no. Is we can't just. We can't. It's a bunch of garbage. shitty memes. This is why we can't. Yeah, no, I'm sure there's bad memes. Zuckerberg, is, yeah, with, with with a big butt. Yeah, of, an Amazon hips. review of of a butt plug. Ugh. Um, just nothing good. Buzzfeed, I. I yeah, I, I'm not a Buzzfeed person. I, I just. No one should be a Buzzfeed person. Well, like I, I have a theory that all the people that work at BuzzFeed are just the worst types of people. <laughs> just, just all cliches. Yeah, just YouTube cliches, though. They're like the worst types of YouTube cliches. That's what I imagine the offices at BuzzFeed are like. Uh, like I just imagine a room full of people that I would, I would just instantly hate on sight, and even more when they spoke. <laughs> Well, your uh, your vitriol notwithstanding, uh, I understand. I understand, uh, and I'll tell you something. Something that I hate uh, is this new fad: uh, bodybuilders who are basically doing a gallon of milk a day. That's okay. Everyone, <laughs> don't do that. Right. Don't. I mean, do we that. we both. You did. You, you did a gallon. You did a gallon challenge, right, at Brewsters? No, you didn't. No. Oh man. So Josh and I, when we were kids, uh, both worked at the same ice cream store. I think it was both of our first jobs. Yeah, it was. I I, I got that as soon as I turned fourteen. Was able to get my uh, working papers, which. Uh, Boy, does that sound like a thing of the past. Yeah, and I, I followed suit um, as soon as I turned 14. It was across the street from our high school. It was the only place I could really get a job because I could walk there and like my, our parents would be okay with it. And so I went in and I applied and I didn't hear anything back. So I started calling the manager every single day until she finally gave me an interview. And then at the end of the interview offered me a job. And that's how I got my first job there. And I just got mine by nepotism. Pure beautiful wonderful nepotism yeah you're just like hey yeah. he's my brother <laughs> can he have a job <laughs> it was easy for a part-time job in high school yeah it was it was a cool job life was simpler fun, fun people worked there a bunch yeah. of other people from our school we had some friends that worked there other friends came in to hang out oh speaking of hanging out you speaking of you hanging did out it. you did it don't drink a gallon of milk everybody that would be a, don't be an idiot that would be a stupid thing to do that kind of kind of seems like the. I think that's the theme for today. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Rose nose. Don't be an idiot. I mean, what more could you say? I just think it's important that we say that because it seems like a lot of you out there are being idiots. 
cut it out. Yeah, stop it. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. You can stand up now. Stand. Go on. Go on about your time. Go ahead. Continue your walking. Stretch. Micro stretch break. We'll talk to you next year. Yeah. Good job, everybody. Good job. On 2018. Yeah. But not really. Not really. Nope. See you in the next one. <laughs> Hit the button. All right.